Hey, you guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Abby. And boy, do we have such an episode for you today. We have our biggest guest today. We are so excited. It is such a miracle that we got a hold of her. You guys are going to be absolutely mind blown that our little podcast got her on. She had a really busy schedule, so it was actually really, really hard to work an hour of her time into our lives and into your lives as you listen. Um, you might have heard of her. She is the poet laureate of our generation, in fact. And she is a world-renowned traveler, singer-songwriter. Um, Ashley, I'm, I'm too nervous to even speak her name into existence. Today we have the one and only woman that raised us, Taylor Swift. Woo! Swifties! We are in for a treat. I wish so badly that we weren't kidding. And I wish so badly that we could present you with Taylor. But you get to enjoy this one little audio clip of her that we have found. And we are going to discuss it on the pod along with a bunch of other rabbit hole conversations that we have that are also really, really important. It all boils down to living a romantic life. And even if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, this conversation is just all about finding joy and happiness in your everyday life and just really the autonomy that comes with learning to love yourself and learning to live a life that makes yourself proud. All right, hit it, Taylor. There doesn't have to be loneliness in being alone and you can find romance in your life even if you aren't involved in a romance. Um, you know, life can be beautiful and spontaneous and surprising and romantic and magical without you having some love affair happening. And you can replace all of those feelings you used to have when you were enamored with someone with being enamored with your friends and enamored with learning new things and challenging yourself and living your life on your own terms. And I never, uh, I never understood it when people would say, oh, you know, in your 20s, you just need to be alone. And I just, I never quite got it because they would never explain to me that it's so important to define yourself on your own terms. You think about it when you're in love, that person's opinion affects your opinions. And everything you do goes through this filter of how would they feel about it? Because if you're a caring person and you're in love, then that's what you do. But there's something really wonderful about changing your life if you want to, cutting your hair short if you want to, moving to New York if you want to, changing directions of your entire creative outlook if you want to, and having it only be on your own terms. So that's what I learned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Tuesday. I can't believe the weekend came and gone so, so dang quickly, Ashley. Um, what did you do all weekend? Did you have fun? What did you do? Friday, I just did a movie night. Saturday, I just went out for dinner and drinks. What else is new? The standard. What else is new? That's Ashley's favorite thing, dinner and drinks. The standard thing. And everyone always asks me, what are you going to wear to these dinner and drinks? And I say the uniform, which is, uh, you know, the usual leather jacket, booties. What else is new? <laughs> Leather jacket, booties, maybe a satin top. Who knows? Throw on some makeup and you're good to go. You're golden. I, we don't need to hair it again. It was exhausting the first time around. But basically, if... <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, you didn't seem exhausted when I was telling you all of my fun activities and you were getting so excited about them. But If I had to give a one-sentence summary of Abby's weekend, she woke up in a RV... Or not even an RV. In a trailer. Camper. In the middle of a field in rural rural washington ashley is not able to say the word rural everyone so i'm sorry for that if that hurt any of your ears like it hurt mine what are you saying rural 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 there's two r's okay we moving on 
a song for another time. I'll ask the fans which way you're supposed to say it. But we were just racking our brains as to what you guys would find interesting, what would be fun for us to chat about, and a discussion that we could all get something out of. And of course, our brains turn to the goddess herself, Taylor Swift. When are our brains not on her? Also, I feel like if I don't think of starting a podcast, I feel like if we don't record it for one week, the second we record it again, just one week, I feel like I've never heard you done it before. Like I've never spoken to you, Abby. We're two strangers to each other. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything. I feel bashful. It's really like you get out of practice so quick, but then we get right back into it. Like good thing we're friends, Ash. Imagine if we were like just business partners like how uncomfortable that would be it's like riding a damn bike uh, but yeah so we sat around um about an hour ago abby told me about her trailer story <laughs> camper whatever and we sat around and she wrote in the notes on her phone and i wrote on these yellow legal pads that she wants to shoot me over and we brainstormed some ideas for the topic and we uh came up with nothing so, so <laughs> then we tried <laughs> The honesty, the sheer yeah. honesty. So we uh, went ahead and we looked on TikTok because what else is what else is one to do <laughs> if um, you have you need inspiration for anything? So we looked on TikTok and there was this one audio that yeah, uh, like Abby said from Taylor Swift that we came across a few months ago and we were like, great, this audio from this interview of Taylor Swift encapsulates every single thing we want could want to convey on the podcast. Personally, I think Taylor Swift and Adam from two weeks ago should take over as the host. They could do a better job than us. Yes, there are plenty. Of smart people out there, much smarter than us, that could probably do a better job, but I don't know that they would be as damn entertaining as us, Ash. So don't We're sell just yourself the short. Vessel. We are the messengers. <laughs> we are the messengers. Just like toast is just a vessel to get avocado to your mouth. We are the vessel to get inspiring advice to you guys. Just like the 12 apostles. Was there 12? The 12 apostles were. Yeah. <laughs> spreading the good news of the bible um, oh yeah since when is easter sunday this sunday remember last um easter we were together in the middle of quarantine and we were it was like uh lord of the flies no one knows how to fend for themselves or how to take care of each other so, <laughs> so we sat around and we were like how can we still make easter special and we ended up um lord of the fly we watched soul surfer and we made a fabulous dinner we watched soul surfer and then we made those pancakes in the shape of a bunny rabbit Allie did and we put some flowers on the table and we listened to some John Mayer and I was wearing my like really fluffy pink robe and pretending to play guitar for everyone. Oh, yes. Abby has this vintage silk white pink robe that has fluffiness all over it that she got from this old woman she used to work for in Malibu, who we found out was an alcoholic later. But <laughs> I hope she's Ashley. doing OK. What? I hope she's doing OK. Yeah, her name was Ashley, which I don't believe because I don't think people were naming their kids Ashley back when she was born. Um, Maybe it's a stage Ashley, name. And she lived on the beach and Abby was her caretaker for a short time. A short stint. I found myself doing a lot of weird short stint jobs while I was in college, but that's a song for another time. Talk about as a little, should we have a little icebreaker? Oh, okay. So an icebreaker question that I was asking Abby earlier, and we could dive way harder into this another time, but just to brush the surface, who is a fictional character that you think was a massive cornerstone of developing your personality and your humor and everything you are? Because obviously we grew up, our parents didn't raise us, TV did. TV totally did, 100%. I remember an era in which was the best Disney Channel era when, you know, Wizards of Waverly Place, Hannah Montana was at its prime. Zach and Cody was at its prime, all those things. And all of those characters made me extremely sassy. And I remember my parents even picked up on it, especially Hannah Montana, I think. They were like, where are you getting all of this attitude all of a sudden? And I was just ac acting and emulating like all of the people that I was watching on Disney Channel. And my parents were not happy about it. But I think I eventually uh, 
figured it out. But there was a good amount of time where I was a sassafras and nobody liked me. You don't you don't even have a real personality. It's just based off those writers. But who is the number one person that defined you? Well, the first person that came to my mind that really shaped me was probably Blake Lively's character in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. What is her name in the show? Bridget. Bridget. Yes, it is. Bridget and her going to soccer and falling in love with boys left and right and just being really independent, really athletic and really cool. I think that encompasses me pretty well, don't you? Athletic, cool and obsessed with boys. What else do you need? That's Abby and a nutshell. Three things. <laughs> what about you, Ash? Don't be shy. I think the person that defined me a lot, this wasn't necessarily when we were like five years old, but more like maybe 10 years old, I used to, I think I've told Abby this story, but I used to come home from school every day and watch the reruns, the syndication of Gilmore Girls with my mom. I liked it before it was ever on Netflix, back when it was uh, more in the midst of the 2000s. And we would watch every episode Monday to Thursday. (laughs) I think it came on at five o'clock maybe. And I think Lorelai Gilmore formed so much of the way I talk and the way that I make jokes and the way that I interact with others. I agree for the very first time in my entire life as a 22 and a half year old girl have decided to. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My boss always hates that I call myself a girl, a woman. I'm a young woman, actually. I'm an adult in case anyone was wondering. Somehow still have to convince myself, but somehow. And I decided that now is the time to start watching Gilmore Girls from the beginning, from season one, 2006 or whenever it came out. And it's been quite the adventure because I know that this show was very important to Ashley. So now we can discuss. And after seeing a few episodes, I 100% see Lorelai Gilmore in you. You talk faster than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. And so does she. And just the way that you deliver jokes within conversation is just like she does. So you really were paying attention, weren't you? I think it literally formed every aspect of my humor and the way that I speak and converse with others. This one's going to blow your mind, Abby. The show actually came out in 2000. No way. It ended in 2007. (gasps) That's crazy. I also think when I was a kid, though, and first watching it, I wanted to be like Rory Gilmore. And I still wish I wish she was the person that I thought she was. I still love her, but um, she just doesn't really measure up in the college years the way I would have liked her to. Yeah, and now that you're giving me the spoiler, I'm not really looking forward to her college year episode since I'm only on, you know, episode four, but I'm still going to power through because I want to have more discussions about it. And if listeners, if any of you are huge Gilmore Girls fans, please write in and tell us about your opinions. We would love to talk about them. Any high school shows that you would binge watch on like a Wednesday night in bed on your iPad? That's what I used to do. But any of those characters (laughs) form you? Okay, top 1%. She's an iPad. Like, okay, sure, <laughs> Ashley. Um, I binged The Carrie Diaries when that came out and it only got two seasons or something and it was really upsetting to me. For sure, for sure, One Tree Hill was yeah. crucial. And that was a very solo, independent experience. I never watched that show with anyone else. It was very like important and near and dear to my heart. And I felt like all of the characters were my friends. And I would watch it late into the hours of the night, as well as America's Next Top Model. But I don't think that taught me quite literally anything except how to take a good picture, maybe. <laughs> Which is a skill because look look at the industry we're going into. <laughs> I remember having such an attachment to watching Grey's Anatomy, only up to season like eight, maybe, and when it stopped being um, good. But watching it in high school to having an almost Pavlovian response when I hear the sound that the ABC thing makes when you go and you watch it on <laughs> Netflix. Same with Lost when we binge watch that. Totally. Such a response to hearing it. 
That's what I think every time the Netflix sound comes on and it's like, whoa, or whatever it is. I'm like, oh, Pavlov and his dogs. Let's go. I'm salivating. <laughs> uh, yeah, Abby's mouth just she started drooling. That's why it's watering. But One Tree Hill, I think, really defined a lot of high school for me. And when I was in younger high school, I used to love Peyton. I don't know why she was so moody, but I think older Brooke defined the way that I want to be as a grown up and how I want to treat my best friends. Yeah. I also have still not seen the finale of the show. Neither has Allie, if That's you're listening. Shocking. Or That's shocking. Dear friend Allie. I know. I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. So is it good? Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it twice. Back when we all lived together, we used to watch obviously this insane amount of movies. And we would always say when we were done with the movie, time for a nightcap. And then we'd put on One Tree Hill. Yep. Every oh, night. After dinner, <laughs> after dinner on Saturday, I went back to my friend's house and she was like, do you want a nightcap? And I was like, yeah, what do you want to watch? And she was like, no, do you want to drink? She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, okay, but enough of all of that. Back to the real woman that raised us, Taylor Swift. Like we said, there was an interview that stood out and an audio clip that truly encompassed everything that we want to talk about. And it was back from when she was like around 22 years old. So around when the album Red came out, kind of that era of Taylor. And I feel like she was just very woke for a 22 year old. I mean, she's always been woke her whole life. She probably came out of the womb writing lyrics. So I don't think you've been to one of her concerts, have you? If anyone has ever been to one of her concerts, the way she speaks to the crowd, it feels like you are at coffee with your friend and she is giving you or your mentor and she's giving you some sort of uplifting talk. I'm sorry. Have you been to one of her concerts? Oh my gosh, I've been to like three or four. What? We never talk about it. Really? I've been to When a were you lot. ever going to tell me? Well, I didn't think it was important for you to know. I feel like everyone's been to at least one. Oh my gosh, no. Just the top 1%, you and your iPads going to the Taylor Swift concerts. <laughs> Are you kidding? I've been to three, I believe. Which albums or whatever? Which tours? Red, 1989 and Reputation. Maybe one more. And then I was supposed to go to the one last summer with Allie. And then she canceled that, obviously, with The COVID. Lover Tour. You've been to Reputation. I've only ever seen it on Netflix. <laughs> I remember the best talks being from, I think, Red, probably. Do you the think she practices them or does she just feel it in the moment? I think she she outlines them. We threw the audio up at the beginning and we just want to go ahead and run it down. Run it right down. Run it down to the run damn ground. Run, run it, it back. back. Let's run it back, sisters. I think that might be my next caption for the next picture we have together. Let's run it back. Yeah, I kind of like it. Let's start saying it more. I have a really good niche podcast idea. I feel God. like I'm drowning. We should have called it Taylor Talks and we should have just taken Taylor Swift interviews or snippets of wisdom from her and discussed it. <gasps> Are you kidding me? I'm going to write that down. How many spinoff podcasts can we make? <laughs> we never leave our closets if we're podcasting day and night. <laughs> Not talking to a single soul else. We go to a voice actor so we can change our voices so they think it's different people on each podcast. <laughs> it's so absurd so taylor talks and then i really like the one where we watch a tv show for the first time together and we discuss it oh survivor because there's so many seasons and then also the one where we only interview national singers (laughs) and the national singers could have been called on the road again or something oh yeah that's good too we didn't even talk about my experience going to a concert alone This kind of ties into this. It ties into this episode, though. It actually ties in about being in your 20s and like experiencing things by yourself. Basically, Abby went ahead. We love being a main character. Don't sound so upset about it. Sound more excited. Oh, sorry. 
So we love Vinny main character, obviously. And over on the last episode with Adam, he talked about something that is so profound that I told my mom later, but main characters have triumphs and they also have lows. You have to have both to be a main character or else you're just a side character if you're stable. And I have taken that to such heart, honestly, these last two weeks, I think, since we talked to him. Also, Adam, if you're listening, I'm looking for a personal mentor. So (laughs) (laughs) please, we need some more one-on-one chats with you other than your glorious TikToks that you make. Totally. But anyways, bouncing off of being a main character, I almost went over to Abby's house on Thursday, thought about buying a ticket Wednesday, almost went over on Thursday to (laughs) go. I probably would have been stuck there with that storm you had also. She ended up getting invited to the concert by Jeremy McComb, who was last week's episode, Nashville singer-songwriter, owns a bar by Abby's house has famous singers all the time. Jimmy Allen came and performed. And right, Abby, and if you haven't heard that episode, go give it a listen because it was really, really interesting, our last episode. Um, but Jimmy Allen was performing. For all of you real country fans out there, he's kind of up and coming, but he's kind of making it big. He's got some big hits out there. and He's on the radio. Yeah, yeah he's on the radio and stuff, for sure. <laughs> you guys, Ashley is just like staring at me like... None of us can keep our train of thought this episode. I'm so sorry. No one can keep the train of thought. Our <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. You know what? We're rolling with it. You know what? We're actually going to do this little thing that we like to do called just go with it. So we're going to just go with it. Okay, we're going. So Jimmy Allen was performing and I was like, you guys, what do I do? Do I go to this concert alone? I just, you know, you think back, you watch movies of the 80s, your parents age when they were cool and young and hip and whatever. And people were just going to events by themselves. They were secure enough in themselves to show up to a concert, to a dance, to a park, to a library, to a coffee shop, literally anything. They could just be independent and go by themselves and it was fine. But in our anxiety ridden social media generation, nobody goes anywhere by themselves who's a young adult because you think people will think you're weird and you'll think you're weird and all you'll want to do is stare at your phone and not talk to people. Well, you know what? I said no more. I say no more to that. Not me. No way. No how. Not today. Abby woke up and she said not today. God gave me another day to live and I chose to make it everyone's problem. But I was like, wait, hold on. Pause real quick. That is the definition of Abby. There is an issue with her and she chooses to make it everyone's problem. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like the instant anything's going on with me, everyone like has to know about it. But anyways, so. I was like, I have, I try, I mean, don't get me wrong. I tried to find some other people to go with. Like it just wasn't working out. Like everyone she held, she went in her town. Abby's town has a population of like 700. And she said she (laughs) went up and down that town in the main strip, which has like (laughs) one bar, one lunch place (laughs) that is actually really cute and has an ice cream counter, but looks like it's out of my dog skip, which takes place in the sixties and like three (laughs) retail stores. (laughs) And she went in and out of all of them looking for some poor, unfortunate soul that would accompany her to this concert. So she did try. And then she actually found some contenders, but through process of elimination and some muddled issues with getting into the sold out show they didn't attend with her yes i did i searched high and i searched low and i came up with nothing and sometimes that happens in life you're looking into doorways and behind bushes on main street (laughs) (laughs) i'm like is anyone free on this thursday eve to go to this concert but anyway abby goes abby goes to the local boys and girls club (laughs) To toss around a basketball and try to find a new friend to take. 
<laughs> I'm screaming. Okay, yeah, but the point is Ashley didn't fly up because she's a fake friend and she could have and she didn't, but it was 12 hours now to go. Continue. Aside from that. So I was like, okay, well, my options are do not go to this concert because I'm a little bit nervous about what it would be like to go alone and not have a fun Thursday night or suck it up and gain some confidence in yourself and have some personal growth and go to this concert by yourself because you're 22 and independent and have a great story and have a great time. And you know what? Earlier on this podcast, I talked about making decisions based on what I think would be a good story for my daughter and what would make her proud, like me telling her something that I did that would inspire her. And now I've just been doing this thing called making myself proud every single Don't damn day. Don't dive into that. We're diving into that with another guest. Don't dive too far. Okay, I'm not diving too far. I'm just saying in the back of my mind lately, I've been thinking, make yourself proud. You know, like there's two avenues, two roads you can take, which one's going to make you proud. And going to the concert alone did make me proud because I thought that was really cool of me. I'll give you credit, though. I've been thinking about making myself proud for the last five hours of today. I started today about oh great what time's at 10 about 5 p.m and i decided to run 10 extra minutes on the treadmill oh my gosh look at that that'll make me proud good and i'm glad you did and i'm sure you're glad you did because you're proud of yourself so i get to this concert and another nerve-wracking part besides the whole factor of being alone was that i actually didn't have tickets to this concert not a single (laughs) ticket it was sold out but did that stop me from getting on a formal bus freshman year when I was not invited to the formal by any man? No, I still got on the bus and I still went to the formal. I got dressed. And nobody asked any questions. <laughs> <laughs> the way you, <laughs> the way you just, just jump straight into it. No one asked any questions. <laughs> I looked like I was part of the scene like I wasn't out of place and they let me on but anyways speaking of formals have we ever mentioned that I knocked out my front tooth at a formal one no but I think we should like save that for a crazy college story episode okay continue okay so besides the nerve-wracking fact I didn't have tickets Jimmy Allen was sold out but like we said we interviewed the owner of the podcast that same week and he invited us not the owner of the podcast the owner of the bar (laughs) the owner of the bar on our podcast I think they understood that. We, we are the owners of this podcast. Let me make it clear. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've had like four drinks. Yeah, me too. So we get there and I don't know if anyone has seen the movie Almost Famous. Oh my gosh. There are so many life lessons in that film. We should discuss that literally one, the, one of the best movies I've ever seen, possibly Almost Famous. But in, in it, this kid, this like 14, 15 year old kid is like, it's his dream to write articles. For, I know I'm getting really hot too, Ashley. I need to fan myself. He's writing articles for the Rolling Stone. That's his dream. And so he just decides to, you know, fake it till you make it. He goes to all of these grungy concerts, stands outside of like where the people load in all the equipment, where the band comes in with his little pen and paper. And he just pretends like he's supposed to be there and says that he wants to interview people and he makes his dream happen, which, you know what? I respect the hustle. And so that's what I was doing as well. And so I got up to the front of the line and I very calmly, coolly and collectively said, hi, my name's Abby. And, you know, I'm with I don't actually have a ticket right now as they're like scanning everyone's ticket on their phones. I'm like, I don't have one. But what I do have is an invite from Jeremy McComb himself. (laughs) And I said, I'm with iHeartMedia because, you know, that just helps me sometimes. I just like go around saying that. I'm with iHeartMedia. Actually, right for the Rolling Stone. <laughs> I interviewed Jeremy on my podcast earlier this week and he, he gave me the invite. And they were like, oh, okay, well then go over here. Your name's on this list on the VIP table. And I was like, okay, for sure. I felt really cool at that moment. 
And so then I walked over to the table and she didn't even have to check the list. She was like, oh, Jeremy invited you. Here's the wristband. And I was like, oh, perfect. And needless to say, I made friends really quickly with a group of girls. They were very, very fun. Shout out to you girls. If you're listening, I told you about the podcast, of course. But anyways, I had the time of my life. The concert was so fun. Met so many fun people and was really independent and drove myself home. And you know what? I'm a better person for it. So if anyone is feeling like they're not confident enough or feel secure enough to go to things alone, I say just do it because you'll make yourself proud. I was recently, I think telling you about this, how I, since while well, living at home, I feel weird going places alone, even though in college I used to go places alone all the time, not concert level, but I would just like go places alone and I had no issue with it. And I was like, I need to wake up and realize it's okay. I'm still that same person. I can still yeah. do things alone. There's no shame in it. It's like taking yourself on, on a date. It's like dating yourself, treating yourself really nice and just doing things even if you're alone. And I know that I have friends and I have people that like yeah. me, but so it's okay to do things alone. And the possibilities are endless when you're alone. Like when you have other people around, it adds to the, the dynamic. You have to make sure they're having fun and make sure they're included in the conversations and whatever. But when you're alone, you're just doing your thing. You're just meeting people left and right. And it's quite liberating. Let me tell you. Look at Abby. This is like the dragon wings. <laughs> <laughs> Give, give them some ASMR, some flapping of the paper. <laughs> Does that sound like a dragon flying away, you guys? Tying into the whole doing stuff alone, that whole audio clip with Taylor in that interview, she opens it with saying, in your 20s, you need to be alone. And in this whole thing, shes I know she's talking specifically about being in a romantic relationship versus not, but I think this is also just across the board. She says you just need to be alone in your 20s. And she also says that like no one really explains what they mean by that you need to be alone in your 20s like I mean it kind of makes sense if you jump into a serious relationship when you're like in high school and you just like stay in it like so many people in the area that I'm in it's like okay well now your whole life's planned out you got your kids you got your people that you're doing stuff with but like whatever happened to finding yourself first like that's important too and so that's kind of what she's tying it into and she talks about it's important to define yourself on your own terms which I think is true because when you're in a romantic relationship, you are somewhat define yourself based on your role in that person's life, your role in everyone else's life as a girlfriend to that person or boyfriend or whatever. Do you agree? You're Ashley? taking Ashley's never been. You're in love. taking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and like explain, call her out really quick. Ashley's never been in love. I'd say I've been in love two and a half times. Yeah. Avid serial dater. I try not to be. So anyways. Uh, <laughs> two ends of the spectrum. So yes, I think that the issue that falls in line with all of that is that you're not only defining yeah yourself by your terms, by his terms, but by his like family's terms, because he's defined himself by his family terms, his best friend's terms, his career terms. So you're just taking on that additional, you're doubling your own terms by two and taking on his plus all the other, not bad, it's not baggage that comes with him, but just all of the stuff that he sets his world around. Yeah, there's a lot of terms going on, a lot of people's terms. Yeah, I don't like what I said. <laughs> I actually did like what you said. It makes sense. I don't know. Let's ask the fans. I wish, I wish they were here right now. <laughs> Good morning, Baltimore. But yeah, define yourself by your own terms versus someone else. There is no way to possibly know who you are if you don't jump away from that safety net of that other person that you are not taking on, but just kind of growing alongside. 
Right. And of course, there are exceptions because there are tons of healthy relationships out there where you guys are on the same page about like searching for personal growth and championing the other person's passions and pushing them towards being the better versions of themselves. And I just think the younger you are, the more rare relationships like that are because we're all very egocentric people. We're all very consumed with what's going on in our lives. And it's hard to like see past that. And the only way to do that is through growth and personal experience. So yeah, but I will say it is it is easy to lose yourself in relationships and the best way to find yourself and like really figure out who the heck you are and what the heck you want out of life is to just go it alone. And also, I don't think who you are and what you want out of life changes more rapidly than when you are in your 20s in that stage between college mm-hmm. or high school and marriage slash maybe 30. I don't, I don't know. Obviously I'm not there, but I think now is a time where you are so rapidly changing on even like a monthly annual basis of who you want to be and what you want your life to look like. And you only That's figure such that a out good through point. more experience. What? That's such a good point. Yeah. And you only figure that out, I think by more experiences and more interactions with different types of people and more movement and more time around town. <laughs> Yeah. I know it's hard. Obviously, with this year, people can't really travel as much or some people like you're not really getting out. You're not living like a normal life. But I think people are really going to hit the ground running with COVID. Um, COVID's made people realize a lot of things. I think that we've taken a lot for granted and now we won't ever do that again (laughs) because I think. 2022 i know vaccines are rolling out but i think 2022 is going to be pandemonium a world of chaos all doors lifted open some beautiful chaos that i cannot wait to be a part of in fact she moves on to talking about the ways this is another favorite topic of ours but the ways in which life can be romantic the ways in which it can be beautiful um, magical spontaneous fun a great time without having the love of your life be right next to you you can Mm -hmm. still make your life all of those things without being in love with someone and expecting all of those experiences to fall on the basis of being in love and what you imagine love is always going to be like in all of this. Yeah. And I think in our society and probably most societies, you grow up kind of romanticizing the idea of love in general. And it's like on all the TV shows, it's in the movies, it's in the books, and it's in just our culture so deeply ingrained that When you grow up, it's going to be so exciting because you're going to get to fall in love. And when you don't necessarily get that right away, maybe you feel like a failure or maybe you feel like something you're doing something wrong. When in reality, you're definitely not. Because like Ashley said, and like Taylor said, you can just be spontaneous with your friends. You can be exciting and fall in love with every aspect of your life without falling in love with the person, you know, and you can be spontaneous with yourself. Yeah, even with yourself, like you can just go to a country concert all alone and not plan it the day before and just show up and see what happens. Let's see what happens more in life. Let's see. That is so good. Let's let's see see what what happens happens more. Yeah. We spend so much of our time calculating and planning and outlining and figuring out, which is all good. That's all important. You can't just sit back and expect things to happen to you. It takes some action to get where you want to go. But also, we should just kind of take things one day at a time. And I think. That would bring us a lot of peace of mind, don't you, Ash? And it's so wonderful also to not really have a long lead plan past six months or whatever a year. It's so nice to not know. And I think when you also, yeah, like you just said, take it one day at a time, even boiling your life down to taking it like 
morning versus night or hourly at a time, that removes mm-hmm. a lot of the anxiety because anxiety only comes from thinking about the future. And right. if you get rid of that and you just boil it down to the present, well, then you're living a lot more relaxed. Yeah. And continuing along this train of thought, I think in college, you see a lot of like anxiety statistics going up and up and up in college. Right. And like part of that has to do with our generation and part of it just has to do with people thinking too far ahead and worrying about the future and things that they don't have control over. Because I remember, especially senior year, I think the biggest skill I learned out of college was to prioritize and be organized and also to learn to not be so anxiety ridden about things out of my control. Because my dad always used to tell me growing up, just take things one day at a time, just one assignment at a time, one free throw at a time, one whatever at a time. And obviously that's very simple advice, but if you really think about it and take it to heart, it honestly helps a ton because some weeks or some months I'd kind of look ahead and be like, okay, I have this big project, I have this paper and this, and I have to do this and this internship. And it can be really overwhelming really fast. But if you just think, what do I have today? What am, what can I accomplish today? What are tangible things that I can get done? And you do those things, then you're one step closer to reaching those bigger goals. And I think if you compartmentalize everything in your life like that, you are um, going to be a lot less anxiety ridden. And I think it's down to even me. I've heard other people talk about this and I think it's the way that we live our lives a lot. But even if your day is filled with anxiety or worried about stuff, boiling it down to I am in the car right now and I'm driving mm-hmm. and this song is on and I'm just in the car right now and this is where I am. And if you can boil stuff down to minute by minute, I think it takes away a boatload of the anxiety and worry. Yeah, just really living in the present and just digging into everything around you. And also another thing, just while we're talking about anxiety, I just think it's a good idea for people. At least this helps for me. If I am feeling a little bit stressed, I literally just go walk outside. I know that doesn't make sense if you're like in a workplace scenario, but if you're working from home like I am or if you're at your house, whatever, like just go outside for like a few minutes and just breathe the fresh air, listen to the sounds around you and like really ground yourself in that moment. And then you're able to go back in and everything seems a little bit less scary and a little bit less big and more tackleable. Also calling or just texting one of my best friends just instantly takes a load off. We don't have to talk about what I'm anxious about. Just talking to someone. Yeah, getting outside of yourself and realizing like somebody else is having an entire day speaking with entire other human beings and having seeing things that I am not seeing with my own eyes and like they're doing okay. So I'm doing okay too. Why have I ever told you this? My science teacher, I think it was in seventh grade. No, I think it was maybe high school, maybe freshman year would always say you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like you. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. He would always say that he was really attractive and he was a great guy and he traveled like crazy. I think he was always dating different women, but he would always tell all of us (laughs) you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like you. See back real quick. When you said, let's just see what happens. That reminded me a little bit about Ed Milet. We're fond of him. Listen to his podcast if you don't. But he always talks about how stuff doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. So any disadvantage. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm so behind this train of thought. He always says stuff happens, yes, for you, not to you. Down to catastrophic things or any disadvantage. It doesn't necessarily happen to you. It happens for you and whatever purpose that you pull out of that. I agree. I love that. And I love Ed Milet. We're totally going to talk about him on another episode. For sure. Um, she, you don't need a romance for a romanticized life. Yeah, you can replace those enamored romantic feelings that you might have for a significant other with being enamored with your friends or 
being enamored with trying new things, pushing yourself, falling in love with different aspects of your everyday routine and achieving your goals. I think nothing makes me feel more excited to be alive than when I set a goal, set a goal and I achieve it. Like I, I truly just feel like that goes along with making yourself proud. But those are things like everyone just staying in their own lane. The second that you stop spending so much time focusing on everyone else and you really just focus on your own life and like what the heck you're doing, you you make yourself proud every day. Like there are little things you can accomplish. And I, I think that's a really, really good, healthy mindset to get in and to build those, you know, healthy habits before we get out there in the craziness of the world. Yeah. It's kind of like we're on a retirement convalescent community right now. But uh, I heard another podcast. I forgot who it was, but the host was talking about the fact of making a promise, just one promise to yourself every day or about tomorrow and actually keeping it and following through. And that kind of ties into just being enamored with what you can accomplish and what you can learn and how you can grow and just. Yeah. And also what you're talking about, making yourself um, like making a promise and keeping it to yourself every day. That goes along with confidence too, because the more that you can trust in yourself and the more that you know that you can do things that you want to do, then you have the confidence to take that energy and like project that out into the world. Like truly. The more confidence you have, the more I think okay you are with being alone. And this is a whole conversation we can totally dive into another time. But just the idea of being alone, but not being lonely. And I think it depends on your state of mind and on the day. Like if I'm in a really great positive state of mind, I love being alone sometimes. But if I'm feeling down on myself, then it turns into loneliness. So it's just also trying to maybe not neutralize that, but try and balance that a little bit more. That's such a good point too. Yeah. And like for me, that hits home a lot because my parents just went on like a two week road trip. So I was actually up on my ranch for the first time taking care of all the animals by myself completely here, which was interesting. I mean, I'm a grown, somewhat grown woman (laughs) and I should be able to, you know, do that. Like my parents should have the confidence in me. And like if I had some friends in the area, I think it would have been easier. But honestly, like it was really an interesting experience, like going to work and sometimes working from home. It's really, it feels kind of isolating. Like you're just here taking care of your pets. At least I had a purpose. Like I had to wake up and feed them, but (laughs) it just felt very much like, wow, this is what it's like to live alone. And I feel like I kind of grew up a lot in just those two weeks, which is crazy to say, but I spent a lot of time being introspective and a lot of time like doing things that I wanted to do, whether even if it's just watching Gilmore Girls or reading my book or going for a walk or going to the gym, like everything I did was just because I wanted to do it. And it was very interesting. Yeah. And then that's like being physically, literally in the truest sense, like alone. But what Taylor also was mentioning was there's not to be loneliness and being relationally alone. So yeah, I, I feel like we all go through that phase, especially girls, probably. I mean, guys, too, but I have no idea how guys think. It's like really confusing. But just we all go through that phase of like, oh, my God, I'm going to be alone forever. Like, am I ever going to get a boyfriend again? Like, whatever, which is so silly. But I mean, I'm sure we've all thought that way at one point or another, even if it's in high school or whatever. How freeing, how exciting it is to be alone. You know, you have your whole life to live with someone. Hopefully, if you want to get married, that's something that you want to do. There has never been a stage of life, I think, that looking back, I don't 
miss in some small way. I wouldn't go back to it. But even the stages of life where I was like, oh, I want this to end. Looking back on it now, there have always been stages or every single one of them. I miss some aspect of it. So you're going to miss not being in a relationship at some point when you are. Yeah, just like when you're young and all you want to do is grow up. All you want to do is like be a cool teenager and drive a car. That's all you want. And then all you want to do is be 21 so you can drink. And then all you want to do is be 25 so you can have a career and like be really successful. And then all you want to do is be married and have babies. It's like you're going to miss every stage of your life at some point. And like my mom always talks about this too recently because I feel like she's really been in her feels. But she's been like... Oh, I just love when you were, you know, a toddler or whatever the funnest age that is that when you have a kid and she's like, you guys were just you guys, meaning me and my brother who's now 43. You guys were just so fun when you were little and all these like really sweet things. But I can only imagine like being a parent and having your kid grow up and then them just doing their own thing in life and them not really like needing you as much as they do when they were little. Like you're just going to miss everything. And it's actually kind of beautiful. Like you can't rewind life. You can't go back, but you can still think about it and romanticize your present so much that one day you'll be nostalgic about it. Yeah. One time I realized that you can't just, uh, you can't go back to a phase in your life the way you can watch a movie again or travel back to location. It's a one and done One and done One and done. One take Jake. Bouncy. One take Jake. <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Is that- you guys, every time I... romance in daily life even without being in a romance that's what she said and what we've already said a ton of times abby what are some ways you like to romanticize life oh what ways do i not romanticize life ashley yeah why don't we flip it on its head which ways do you not i remember one time abby told me i never forgot this abby i take it to her all the time you told me ashley i didn't realize how pleasant life could be until i met you until you met me. Yeah, because you were really big on romanticizing the everyday mundane things and making everything so special. And even if it wasn't necessarily something people would traditionally think as something special, just like breakfast on a Sunday morning, like you always just like went over the top with it. And I loved that about you. And it made me excited that I could also do things like that in my life. Every, every day is a special occasion. So ways that I romanticize, I really make sure that I am obsessed with my coffee creamer because that's something that's integrated into my everyday life. I love, love, love coffee and I have to have it every morning. And so why not make it be super tasty and something that you love and something that you look forward to. So really make sure you get the good coffee creamer. Every time I am doing anything quiet and still, I like to listen to music to match my mood, which also makes me feel like I'm in a movie. And I know it's like important to like actually be quiet in the stillness sometimes, but I just love music. Music is just a really big part of my personal life. And that's something that I like to do to romanticize. So like when I go on my walks, I call it my main character walks and I listen to whatever vibe of music I'm feeling that day, whether it's like bad bitch energy music, you know, Ariana Grande season, or it's like moody Taylor Swift because the weather's moody that day. Like Casey Musgraves, John Mayer, really all over the board. But music really helps me get into the romantic sides of life. Oh, some sometimes I just pretend I'm in a music video. That makes things pretty fun. Like, dr- like truly, like sometimes when I'm at the gym, if I'm getting bored, I'll like pretend I'm in a Nike ad. And I'm like, what would the person in the Nike commercial be doing? Like probably looking like a badass. 
And so then I start in my head just trying to look like a badass and then my workout's more fun. So um, today I walked downstairs and I told my mom, so my bed faces a window and that's the window that the sun kind of sets out of. And I was like, mom, you should see the way I'm so obsessed with the way the light comes into my bedroom around 630 or something when the sun's oh, setting. Pretty. I love the way the light hits the bed because I have a white comforter. And I just love it. I think it is the prettiest light. And I took a picture of it the other day. And I was like, this is stupid. But I really like the way my room looks at whatever time the sun sets. The way the light comes in. No, that's really special. I know. I'm so happy. And then That makes me so happy. In the morning when I'm in a good mood (laughs) on a high and I wake up and I try to think about some things I'm grateful for. And lately I took this from Adam a few weeks ago. Clearly we're obsessed with him and keep bringing him up. But how he says to himself, oh, today's going to be a fantastic day. If I'm in a good mood, I say that to myself before I get out of bed. And I can't wait to go have that coffee from the one from Trader Joe's that I put ice in. Yeah, you love that coffee. That's actually so good. Another way I like to romanticize as well that I just thought of was kind of in the way that I express myself to the world which is for me primarily through my clothing. I mean, some people it's makeup, some people it's their hair that they like to do, but I know clothes aren't really a passion for everyone, but I just think why the hell would I own anything that I just don't feel absolutely fantastic in or where like own something that I'm going to put on that I feel very myself in, you know? And there's many different sides to me. I'm one of those people that has like a really eclectic style, like different genres of, clothing different eras all that stuff but like I really just match it to my mood and it's really fun and exciting and it's a great way to romanticize your life because whatever you put on that day is what you're telling the world you think about yourself and what you want them to think of you like truly even if you're just going to the grocery store like where's wear your favorite jacket like how fun you know I thought of another one I love when the weather gets warmer and it gets dark later going outside and having like a drink and putting on a music on the patio maybe watering the plants that is one of my favorite things to do <laughs> which sounds curating a vibe if you will which, curating the vibe that's all my mom the other day she's like you're just always looking for a vibe aren't you and I was like yeah Lisa I am um yeah Lisa trying to catch a vibe why aren't you yeah but um it's so stupid but I've always loved when I'm home whenever when it's for vacation where I'm living here now just when I come back I always love watering the plants outside I think it's so relaxing oh that's it's cool it's so nice to watch them grow over time <laughs> um I'm sure that's how people feel about their kids but um I've always <laughs> loved doing that I love creating stuff I don't I obviously don't do this every day, but whenever I like write a card to someone or make one and send it to someone, that is really nice. Yeah, you really are creative. Ashley always sends me the coolest like watercolor cards that she makes herself and I always keep them. Don't worry, I don't get rid of them. Maybe I'll send you an Easter one if you're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, something else that I heard someone say and um, they were like, this is stupid. But then I thought about it. I was like, that's not stupid. It's kind of making TikToks is romanticizing your life. It depends on what kind you make, but making some that are like aesthetically pleasing I think that's romanticizing your life. Yeah. And it makes you realize, wow, there are like all these beautiful little moments throughout the day if you do one of those. But also, I think with social media in general, there are some people like you who like to create and it actually brings you joy and it's fun to do. But some people are doing it because they are trying to like craft an image or because they want certain people to think certain things, which obviously is where it gets into the unhealthy stages. But it is cool to have a platform like TikTok or even Instagram sometimes where you can create stuff and put it out for the world. And 
be proud of it. And it's just fun to do. Sometimes I do get into my own head, just like everyone about how everyone's lives just look so damn fulfilling on everyone's stories. But if you just go through the archives of my stories, my life looks perfect too. And it's very far from it. So yeah, it's so easy to make it look a certain way for sure. We, okay, this, um, when I was studying abroad in Switzerland, you guys, there was a um, professor that came with us because every time you go abroad in a Pepperdine program, a professor comes with you and stays with you and whatever, um, and their families and stuff. And he was talking about a time in his life where he felt like he was in the driver's seat, as we all hopefully are. And he was driving along. It was a nice sunny day. He could see real far in front of him, could see like pretty flowers on the side of the road, some deer, whatever you want to picture on the side of the road. And then a big change happened in his life. And then he talked about feeling like he was driving with the headlights out at night, or maybe the headlights were still on because that's kind of scary, but it was at nighttime. And so he's driving and all he can see is like five feet, 10 feet in front of him and nothing else. And that's kind of how it feels being in your 20s sometimes. I just thought that was a really interesting analogy. It's really good and it's really simple and we can all picture it. And it's like, that's kind of how it is right now. Like you can pretend to see super far and like we can hope and dream for what we want to happen. But really all we can see is the 10 feet of our headlights that are providing us and we're driving in the dark. And I think so. That's you just keep of- doing the next best thing, which is what was one of the names that we thought about for the podcast. You guys, one time we're just going to run down a list for you of all of these podcast names that we could have come up with. I'm telling you, Taylor Talks would have made us so many sponsorships by now. But yeah, so uh, you're free to do stuff all on your own, not through the lens of someone else. Yeah, whether it's romantic, whether it's just making yourself proud, like we're all, we are the only person that we're going to be in the company of for our whole entire life is us, ourselves. And that can be either really beautiful or really scary, depending on how you make it and how you look at it. So go figure it out, peeps. Go figure it out. Just go with it, maybe. Try that one on for size. Yeah, maybe in fact we could all just go with it. And then we could all talk about it on this podcast. (laughs) Okay, thank you guys so much for following along on our journey. We are all figuring it out together. And clearly this episode, we went absolutely all over the board, which was hilarious. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about it. Taylor Swift is our queen forever and ever. And if you feel the same way, give us a shout out because we love finding other Swifties out there.
Hey, you guys, I'm Ashley, and the other one, or you're, I was going to say the other one is Abby, but you should just say that you're Abby. Why are we introducing ourselves again? I think that we should do it most podcasters, because I've started listening to a few podcasts every single episode in chronological order, like mm-hmm. up to date, and most people that do weekly shows introduce themselves every few episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because imagine if this was the first one you tuned into. Hi, I'm Ashley and I, baby, and boy, do we have an episode for you guys. We have our biggest guest to date on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Hey, you guys, I'm Ashley, that's Abby, and boy, do we have such an episode for you. We have our biggest guest to date. I'm sorry, you said that's Abby, and I didn't get to say anything, so what's Abby? <laughs> They're not seeing us. Obviously, the second voice will be you. What second voice? When? <laughs> when do I get to pop in? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is literally how quickly you said it. Hey, you guys, I'm Ashley and that's Abby. And we have the best guest for you today. (laughs) It's like they can't see us. (laughs) Okay. It's funnier because we can't see each other either. (laughs) I know. It's really funny. (sighs) Okay. Hey, you guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Abby. And boy, do we have such an episode for you today. We have our biggest guest today. We are so excited. It is such a miracle that we got a hold of her. You guys are going to be absolutely mind blown that our little podcast got her on. She had a really busy schedule, so it was actually really, really hard to work an hour of her time into our lives and into your lives as you listen. Um, You might have heard of her. She is the poet laureate of our generation, in fact. And she is a world-renowned traveler, singer-songwriter. Um, Ashley, I'm, I'm too nervous to even speak her name into existence. Today we have the one and only woman that raised us, Taylor Swift. Woo! Swifties! We are in for a treat! I wish so badly that we weren't kidding, and I wish so badly that we could present you with Taylor, but... You get to enjoy this one little audio clip of her that we have found, and we are going to discuss it on the pod along with a bunch of other rabbit hole conversations that we have that are also really, really important. But basically, it all boils down to living a romantic life. We were all over the place this episode, but it was actually a really interesting conversation, and it was really great for Ashley and I to connect based on our shared love of Taylor. And even if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, this conversation is just all about finding joy and happiness in your everyday life and just really the autonomy that comes with learning to love yourself and learning to live a life that makes yourself proud. All right, hit it, Taylor. 